You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier of Bleacher Report. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And the return of Landon McCool on the podcast. I'm so excited to finally have him back. It feels like I haven't talked to him in like five days. Landon, how are you doing tonight, sir? Has it has it been more than one episode? I guess uh, it has. It, Tuesday Tuesday was our last episode. I, oh I know. Oh my it's just, gosh. It's been ridiculous. Uh, we haven't been able to argue at all. It's like an ice age between the last time <laughs> we've, been, we've been on. Uh, I'm sure you've got hot takes ready to go. Oh, so. they're, they're fire and they're coming. Uh, so coming up on today's show, Landon and I talk about the Ezekiel Elliott interview. No, we're not going to do that because I'm sure all the other all the other radio stations are going to do that. But uh, we will talk about the Cowboys' upcoming game against the Seahawks. We're actually going to talk about things that are going to go on on the field. It's amazing that people actually want to hear that. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the more intriguing matchups, players to watch, and of course, We'll finish the show with our predictions, the most important part of the podcast. Correct? Correct. Except except if you're on Twitter and you heard otherwise. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Man. All right. So let's go ahead and start out with the... (laughs) Yeah. Let's go ahead and start out with the Cowboys practice notes. Uh, Sean Lee did not practice on Wednesday. He was limited on Thursday. It sounds like he's going to play. The big question that a lot of people have, is about Tyron Smith. Did not practice on Wednesday. Did not practice on Thursday. Don't expect him to practice on Friday. Stephen Jones came out and said that he thinks he has a chance to play. Um, do you expect Tyron to play in this one? I, I really don't know. I mean, I, I think that this is this is a really tough call because you know it's an LCL injury. Um, you know, when it's a when it's a sprain, it's usually a multi-week injury, right? Correct. We don't four to really six know. Weeks. That's what four I've been to told. Six, four to six weeks. I've I've heard, I'd heard two to six weeks, but yeah, I mean, you know, top end being you know severe, you know, could be up to a month and a half. I don't. Yeah, I think that we don't really know. I, the problem with with stuff like this is that when they don't really talk acutely about what's going on, we don't really know what the severity of this is. All we know is that it's the LCL. You know, like we mm. don't. I mean, the fact that they're talking about it, him even playing at all, means it's not that severe. But like, we don't really know the fine-tuned details there. So it's tough to say. I, I would say it's probably. I, I think he's a tough guy, so I would say it's probably a fifty-fifty call. Yeah, how much of a difference does it make? I mean, we saw early in the year, but now that at least they have a little bit of experience with Byron Bell playing left tackle, is it going to be as severe of a drop-off as we've seen in the past, or do you think they're more prepared now that we've actually had a few games without Tyron? Well, that's part of the difficult calculus, isn't it? Like, you know, is that we... Yeah, I mean, it's hard... That's a hard enough question to answer on its own, but then you add in the extra element of we don't really know what percentage of Tyron Smith we would get if he were to play, you know? So and, that, and Ezekiel yeah. Elliott. We haven't seen this offense with, with – oh, we've seen it last year. I think there was two games last year where Tyron didn't play and Zeke did play, and they were able to cover it up a little bit. So that's another X factor in this as well. Absolutely. And I think I think it's just right now it's a lot of, you know, difficult variables that we don't have, you know, solid information on. So – um I tend to think that, you know, if Byron Bell is in the game, you know, look, I think that the Cowboys, no matter what, are are clearly have kind of learned their lesson even without Zeke, and they have a renewed sense in the run game. 
Um, and I think that, you know, that is going to play to Byron Bell's strengths as well. I mean, I think that especially when you talk about having to go against, uh, you know, the guys that you're, you're facing in, uh, in Seattle, uh, I think that it's, you know, especially for a guy like Byron Bell, I, I think, you know, leaning heavily on the run game is not the worst idea to try to just kind of soften things up for facing a Frank Clark or a, uh, Michael Bennett. So mm-hmm. I, I think that I think you know they're they're going to try to run the ball and and you know get the the run game established. Uh, whether Tyron Smith or Byron Bell is out there, obviously I think their level of success determ- is will be determined by. You know, I mean, at least on that side, could very well be determined on the level of Tyron's health and or how much success. Uh, a guy like Byron Bell is able to have against a guy like Michael Bennett or Frank Clark in the run game. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about that run game a little bit more. Everybody knows Ezekiel Elliott is returning this week. Um, he showed up from what it looks like to be a much lighter version. Uh, I, and I'm not sure how much of that was because he – I know Stephen Jones said that he wasn't in shape to start the season. But to me, when I, when I kind of thought about this, I think Zeke – he prepared his body for a two to six game sprint rather than the entire season. Um, he, you can see that he's lighter. I think he's going to be uh, he's going to be motivated. I don't think he needed to bulk up because, and I think that's what happened this offseason. I think he wanted to get bigger because he knew the, uh, the workload that he was going to get. Now he's slimmed down, and I'm ready to see an explosive Elliott on Sunday. How much of an impact do you think Elliott is going to make for this offense in his return to the field on Sunday? You know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to flip it on you, Marcus. I think that actually the reason he slimmed down is because he is now actually able to fully work out, uh, especially his upper body, because he is that much further away from his wrist injury. Ooh, that's a good point as well. I think that I think that this is the first time that he's had an off-season type situation for himself, where he has not been bothered so much by, or I mean, I, I don't know how much he was bothered by the wrist stuff this off-season, but I, I will say this: I was surprised to see that he was still wearing a wrist brace all throughout training camp last year. So I'm just going to throw in that maybe that wrist wasn't still completely healed in the off-season, and it's a now. Fair point. And now he that it is, he's able to uh, kind of help, you know, I, I think part of like losing the weight in the upper body is, turn, you know, converting it into muscle. And I think that without the ability to fully operate all the muscles in your upper body because of the limitation on the amount of weight you can put on your wrist, being able to do push-ups or bench press or whatever, I think uh, I think that has, has – contributed to that it's limited his ability to actually work that area out and now he's because that's what the area where he's slimmer right it's that he's got the full i mean not right. to geez examine a dude's body but i mean now it looks like he, he's got like a full the full <laughs> six pack and 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 you know like things are just a light a lot tighter and that armor what you would call it is not there but i think i think that has maybe more to do with his ability to work that area out let and less to do with you know, I think it's gonna be a combination to of both. Cultivate mass. Quote always I, sunny in Philadelphia line. I really think it could be a combination of both. Now that he has a chance to work out, yeah, and the fact that be. he only has to prepare for two games, um, you know, in the, the final part of the season. So, 
nevertheless, how how big of an impact on this offense do you think he's going to have, though? Do you think everything is going to work back like we saw it before he left and the offense is going to be flowing and the receivers are going to be getting open? Or do you think we're still going to have some of the same problems that we've seen over the last couple of weeks? I mean, I, I think that, you know, I think it's going to be better than it has been. I mean, I think, yeah, I think it will be immediately better. And I think that it will also improve as he's in there. I don't know that, you know, it may take a a quarter and, and some change to, you know, get him completely. I mean, not completely, because I don't know if you can ever get completely, but, but in, you know, more in sync with, with his keys and, and running at full speed and, 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 you know, all those things because he has been out. But I mean, I think, you know, it's not unlike, you know, a guy who's been injured for a little while. It may take him a second to kind of get back into the step of things. I, I tend to think that, you know, a lot of that's going to get mitigated by what great shape he's in and by um, how, you know, fresh he is and by how well the offensive line is blocking even now compared to where he was the last time. I think I think that Kansas City game was the closest thing we'd seen to where the offensive line was finally blocking together as a unit the way that we um, were hoping and expecting for most of the season. And Ezekiel Elliott was playing at a level that you know, we expect. And, I, and I'm hoping that that is not where they start off necessarily, but I think where they could quickly get back to um, because I think that the offensive line is is blocking better than it was at many points during which Zeke was still here. Right. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit more about Elliott and this offensive line, but let's pause so I can tell you guys about draft. Fantasy football fans, listen up. It's not too late to join the 500,000 people that have already downloaded draft this season. You get to play in a real-life snake draft, but you're done in under five minutes and they last for just one week. You can join one right now for week 16. The best part, play for cold, hard cash and get this. Your chances of winning are 80% better than on the salary cap sites. All new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use the promo code LONFL. That's right. Play a real money game for free just by using the promo code LONFL, and it gets even better. Draft is so sure that you'll love it that they're even offering listeners a money-back guarantee up to $100. Just search search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play for free right now with promo code LONFL. I'll make sure that I send out a link this week. We've been playing the last couple of weeks. and it's a ton of fun. So make sure you guys do that for week 16. Um, so the big thing in this game is going to be the Cowboys offensive line versus the Seattle defensive line. And we've, we've kind of touched on it already, but it, this is the strength of the Seahawks team when they're healthy. It's the strength of the Cowboys team when all their guys are ready to go. What do you expect in this matchup between those two units? Man, it's really tough just because we don't really know the health. I mean, I think, you know, just in the same way that uh, this offensive line is uh, doesn't quite have the same teeth when uh, Tyron Smith is not in the game, I think that it's it's safe to say that this defensive line uh, for Seattle doesn't quite have the same teeth when it's missing uh, Michael Bennett. Um, I think, you know, he is a force, um, a, you know, multiple different spots on that defensive line. They kick him inside. He plays on the outside. Um you know, I think that there has definitely been more of a move to Frank Clark, and I think Frank Clark has started to make his move to be, you know, kind of uh, one of the more premier rushers on, on that line. But I think when you added um, a guy like Sheldon Richardson, 
Um, you, you, you suddenly now have a talented four, front four, uh, as talented as a group uh, as there is in the NFL when they're all in there and healthy. And I, the key word there at this point, I think, is is healthy. Um, you know, I don't think Richardson has quite had the impact that uh, the Seahawks had hoped. Um, I think that uh, I think he definitely helps everybody else on that defensive line just by, with his presence for sure. Um, but I also think that the difference between this this Seattle defense on the defensive line and really this is kind of a, a micro, microcosm for the, the the team as a whole uh, for for Seattle. Um, no. is that they don't they don't have the depth that they used to have um, they that they don't it's not a team that you know the thing about Seattle that was so amazing is that they had all these frontline players that you see today and then they had a group of guys behind them who were you know easily as good as most team starters you know they had they could they could platoon guys in on defense uh, all over the, at, at, at all three levels too deep and 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 it, it's what rod marinelli wants to do in dallas eventually yeah. that's the goal is what seattle had in 2013 and 14 yeah and, and to be able to kind of just run those guys in and have them play you know with their hair on fire um you know and but you know now injuries have ravaged the team to a certain degree. Age has taken a certain amount of the teeth out, and then obviously free agency as well. People leaving for for greener pastures, and, and you know you look at the contracts that they've signed with some of these big guys, um, and it's been limiting to what the team has done to a certain degree. They haven't drafted these last few years as well as they did when Scott uh, McClell was was there running the show. Um, and you know they've been ravaged by injuries. They've had some injury problems, and then Cliff obviously Abel. you know things like with what happened with Malik McDowell. It's yeah. just it, it, you know they it's 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 a lot of different stuff, and it's it's added up. And and I think that you know at this point, you know they they don't have the talent at cornerback that they used to. Um, they don't have uh, the talent at linebacker. Uh, you know, it's, I mean KJ Wright and Bobby Wagner are still amazing. But you know the rest of the linebacker crew that's there is is not what it used to be, uh, and and you know even their defensive line, uh, you know you, you know Marcus Smith is coming in and taking snaps for them, you know and Nazir Jones who's who's not who's, who's hurt is you know kind of their other guy that comes in in the, in the interior, but it's just not the same you know murderers row rotation wise, and I think what ends up happening mm-hmm. is that by the end of games. They are tired, and it's 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 that's not how it's been in the past. In the past, they were still fresh and running full speed and and having fun and laughing, and you're exhausted because you're having to run into the teeth of these guys over and over again. That's not the case. It, it feels like anymore, um, and I, it feels like on the other side of the ball, they have a, just a different set of issues, um, and that's been just further exacerbated by the fact that they refuse to deal with what's going on on their offensive line. Yeah, and we're going to get to them in a second. But uh, my question in this game is, which Seattle defense shows up? Is it the defense that we saw last week against the Rams? Because that defense didn't want to play. I mean, the, the Rams the Rams have a serviceable offensive line, but they just bullied them up front. I, I, 
don't think that's going to happen again this week. I mean, I could be completely wrong, and I know that Seattle had everything to play for last week against the Rams, and they just didn't show up. Um, and that was at home. Uh, are they going to be? Are they going to come in this game playing like their hair is on fire, or are they going to lay down? You know, with they've got a lot of stuff going on in their locker room right now. So it's going to really depend on which team shows up. And I think this is a perfect example of a game where the Cowboys get up quick on this game. It could be over by halftime. You know yeah. what I mean? If the if the Cowboys get up, Seattle will probably lay down. But the longer you keep them hanging around in this game, probably the more confidence that they're going to have. So it's really, really going to depend on how those defensive linemen play. And we know guys like Sheldon Richardson exactly is a guy that he's not always been the most motivated player throughout his career. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Um, let's go ahead and move on to that Seattle offensive line because that's, again, another spot that they're they're very weak at. Um, they don't have many um, talented players. By far their best offensive lineman is Dwayne Brown, but I think he's kind of been in and out of the lineup over the last few weeks with an injury. Uh, I expect... I expect Demarcus Lawrence to have a huge game. I know he missed practice on Wednesday, was limited on Thursday, but this is a game where Demarcus Lawrence should absolutely dominate. What are you expecting to see from the Cowboys' defensive line going up against that Seattle offensive line? Yeah, I mean the other guy that I think is noteworthy here is Ethan Poisson, who I really liked coming out um, in the draft, and I thought that was a really good pick for a team that obviously needed help at multiple spots. In the, I don't the think he's playing all that well, though. He's a guy. I, I think he's played okay. But. No, I mean, I, but I mean, I think that. I mean, I but I I think I liked him. I think I think that uh, you know the fact that he's having to be there, you know. He he's not playing well, and he's still their probably their second best offensive lineman. <laughs> you know, it's like I mean, Justin Britt's serviceable. The, their center, he, he, Justin Britt is okay. serviceable as center, but and, and I think Luke Jokel is is a guy that is just terrible. Yeah, uh, and they and they've tried to it's which is crazy. You know, I mean, just like the fact that that dude has gone from where he was at Texas A and M to where he is now is just nuts. Um, and and I. It, well, we one second, real quick. So, just because we, we kind of have to tie this into the, the quarterback, Russell Wilson is phenomenal. He he masks all these offensive line problems in a lot of ways. Now, he's not able to do it all the time, but when you're talking about rushing this line, it's not like you're playing against Kirk Cousins. Russell, yeah, Russell Wilson's fantastic. So, how do you stop Russell Wilson and this offensive line well, at the same I mean, time? Because they really are a combination. Yeah, I mean together. that's the thing is that the question really for for me for a while now has been: Is this is this intentional what they're doing with the offensive line? Because, you know, it seems to me that the offense is at this point almost kind of a a, a mutation of what Aaron Rodgers' offense is in Green Bay, right? Where it's like, it, as opposed to, okay, we're just going to let Aaron sit in the back and, and, and sit back there and you know, wait for somebody to get open and throw the ball. They're, here, it's like, Okay, we're gonna basically let <laughs> defensive linemen have essentially a free release on Russell Wilson, and then he's gonna run out of the pocket and make some plays happen, whether it would be with his legs or his feet. We'll see, and it's right. just fun to find out for them. Um, you know, they just basically, you know, German Effetti is Jermaine Effetti is terrible. Um, it, it, Jokel, like I mentioned, is just not good. Dwayne Brown's a great left tackle, but he can't he can't seem to stay healthy, and you know, he's only one guy. Um, so I think, yeah, there's a great chance that Lawrence could have a good, a huge game. But I think the thing here is that the Cowboys can't, they can't play into their game, his game. You know, is like they need to maintain their rush levels. 
Um, they need to make sure that they're not getting pe- pushed past the pocket because you know they 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 need to maintain the pocket fr- really and just collapse it onto Russell Wilson, make him throw the ball from the pocket, but a collapsed pocket that's coming into him because he, he if you, if he gets outside the pocket he's one of the most dangerous players in the NFL because you know whether he's throwing it whether he's running it he'll make you you know unsure of which one he'll doing and then he'll make you pay um, and and I think that the Cowboys need to find you know this is really a game that obviously you really wish that you had David Irving because I think you know, you put yep. him in the middle of the pocket let, you know with that huge wingspan so he can't really get past you and then you also have a guy who's got who can you know take advantage of Russell Wilson's height obviously even more so with his height and, and his long arms but with the ability to pass balls uh, bat bat passes down <laughs> I think you know obviously <laughs> would have been a huge thing to have this 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 week as well but really that's what you need to do contain him uh, don't you know don't risk contain to try to to try to pressure him because you're probably not going to be able to sack him because he's so strong with his squatty legs he can break uh, tackles he can duck under and then and then he'll escape where you were and and make turn it into a huge gain so instead you know just basically corral him and then collapse the pocket on top of him make him throw from the pocket um and then you know hopefully you've got young defenders who seem to be challenging at the at the at the the point of catch now the catch point a lot more than our our corners have in previous years so now hopefully you know as he's throwing from a collapsing pocket he may throw throw one up to your corners or your corners are making plays uh on the ball at with at the same time with the wide receivers because these guys on the outside are a lot of things but they aren't guys i mean paul richardson is a guy who will go up and make a spectacular catch every once in a while but these aren't you know physical specimens who uh, are just going to kill your corners like like a big uh, outside guy. These guys are going to have 50-50 balls, and I like the odds uh, with Chidobe. I like the odds with Jordan Lewis, with Xavier Woods making plays on, on, on these balls. Yeah, a couple of real quick things. When I was watching Russell Wilson this week, it seems like two or three times a game he's going to go with the YOLO ball, and that's a, that's a time that your defensive backs have to make plays. Uh, I think it was la- or two weeks ago in Jacksonville, Russell was he was confused and he was just throwing the ball down the field to I don't know who he was throwing it to but those are the plays that you have to make when Russell Wilson gives you those opportunities um, and with the receivers I've been watching the receivers a lot this year for the NFL 1000 a really underrated group I, I actually like their receiving core quite a bit Doug Baldwin is probably one of the most underrated receivers in football a fantastic route runner he is Russell Wilson's number one target Paul Richardson can make plays down the field Tyler Lockett can make a bunch of plays down the field. So uh, I I like those three guys. I like um, their skill set. So the Cowboys are going to be in for a tough matchup this week with the Seattle offense. Let's go ahead and get to the most Wait, important. Real quick. Go ahead. Real quick, before before we do, I uh, let, let me just say this. I think this might be a little bit controversial, but I almost kind of think that if there would be a lot of good being done for these both quarterbacks if they – swapped wide receiver groups um, because I, I think that I think that I think that the, these guys the Seattle guys are maybe a group that has a skill set that might fit what Dak does a little bit better and maybe I should be more specific I think that Doug Baldwin with with Dak would be beautiful 
yeah, he's because a perfect of the fit. way perfect fit. I think I think he would be a perfect fit with Dak because of his his uh, you know route running ability. He arrives on time. His uh, reliability. He's just extremely consistent, mm-hmm. reliable, and I think that that's the kind of guy. That kind of guy who who is a hands catcher who will catch the ball who will be where you need him to be uh, and and can press teams deep a little bit, maybe not the most physical player, but he has the the requisite athleticism for the position. I think that's the kind of guy that this off that the Cowboys wide receiver core uh, is kind of missing, and I think that that's kind of something that the Cowboys should be looking into a, a guy who Dak can be can rely on consistently on the outside. Yeah, for me, that's like a, the Stephon Diggs or the Golden Tate or the Doug the Golden Baldwin Tate. type. Golden Tate is, yeah, Golden Tate is, the, the, all three of those guys are the, are the that's that what perfect this is, yes. type. Yeah. Um, so this offseason, if you're looking at scouting receivers or you want to dig into free agency, that's the type of player this offense needs. Now, who knows if the Cowboys will ever actually go out and draft or sign one of those types. But I I mean, we both agree that's the type of receiver this offense needs. All right, let's go ahead and dive into the predictions. Landon, I will allow you to go first. I think you no, won. No, 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 no. Uh, I always go first. Yeah, you but you go got the, la- you got the last one right, though, correct? I, I Did I pick the Raiders last week? I think I might you have did picked pick the Raiders. The Raiders. Yeah, All right, fine, I'll go, right, first. I'll go first. I'll go first. I'll go first. That's fine. All right, go ahead. It's fine. You're on a winning um, streak. <laughs> uh, well, I, you know, I think this is again really tough. I mean, I, I, I don't love doing this anyways, so I, that's really why I guess I want to go first, just so I can get it over with. Um, <laughs> oh come on, it's not that bad. It's not like you have to give a speech. No, in front but it's of, you it's know. tough. I mean, because it's tough, especially since like you don't get to know what the designations are. I guess of of the guys who are injured, so it's tough. Like, yeah, but this makes I, it way I more say, fun. It's just more yeah, random. Okay. I okay, so I am going to be optimistic and uh, not surprised, I guess, that uh, and think that uh, Tyron Smith will will play, um, uh, and I, so I'm going to make two predictions. Well, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm going to be optimistic and say Tyron Smith plays, and even if he doesn't, I I still kind of think the Cowboys maybe find a way to win. Um, I don't know that um, Michael Bennett plays, and uh, I think that. Even if Bobby Wagner does play, Bobby Wagner with the hurt hamstring is uh, he's still a fantastic, if not the best linebacker in football. I love mm-hmm. Bobby Wagner. But I think that, you know, they've struggled this year with uh, elite backs. Uh, exhibit A is last week. Um, I tend to think that they're going to continue to struggle with the guy. I, I think that you're right. That this is a, you know, I talked about this on my other pods. I think that everyone is right in saying that this is a prideful team that is, uh, you know, losing three games seems like something that just wouldn't happen with a team like this. Um, But I also think that there's a lot of stuff going on in that locker room right now. And I also think that no matter what happens in these games, everyone realizes that this is a team that isn't going to look the same next season because of what's going on with – with the uh, salary cap and all that. And, you know, when you kind of get all of that in your head, I think that there can be a little bit of the smell of death around a team. (laughs) And I'm not saying that that's necessarily all the way there yet, but I I also think that, especially for some of these guys on the defensive side of the ball who are veterans, I think they are realizing that this team is going to look very different and and this might be kind of nearing the end of the era. So long-winded way of saying, I think that Seattle is – 
not heading in with the best mentality. They're trying to bounce back. But Dallas uh, is on a three-game winning streak. And on top of that, just got the biggest shot in the arm that I think you can in the NFL, short of getting your starting quarterback Mm -hmm. back. So um, I I think that that is just going to be too much. All that plus they're playing in Dallas – um, uh, an angry Zeke Elliott. It's. I think it's just going to be too much for Seattle, even if Tyron Smith doesn't play. Uh, I think Dallas runs the ball uh, very well with Zeke and with some Rod Smith and some. Uh, I, I think we. It, I won't be surprised if we don't see a little bit more of Rod Smith, uh, even with Zeke back. Maybe even taking some of uh, of uh, Alfred Morris's limited snaps. So, uh, I think Dallas is able to run the ball well, and and they win this game. Um, I don't know about handedly, but I, I, I will predict what I predicted similarly last week where uh, Dallas gets control of this game by early in the second half, um, and uh, it may be kind of close, but Dallas is still maintains control throughout the end of the game. So I really, really wanted to pick against the Cowboys this week because it's kind of on brand, and I just it's something in my <laughs> gut tells me that this game is going to be closer than what people want to think. But there's one thing that I keep coming back to that gives me a lot of hope that the Cowboys are going to win. Um, it's actually two different stats, and I'll give you – here's the first one. In the Cowboys' last eight games in which Sean Lee has started and finished, so made, made it through the whole game, they're 7-1 and one and have given up just 16 points per game. In the last 23 games that he has started and finished – they're allowing just 17.3 points a game, and they've got a record of 20-3. and three. So why would I pick against the Cowboys when Sean Lee is healthy in this game and they got Ezekiel Elliott back and they're at home and Seattle is a much different team away from home? I, I, I just think you look at everything logically and you would think that the Cowboys are going to win this game. So I will pick the Cowboys to beat Seattle and to survive one more week in the playoff hunt. Uh, I think it's going to be another really low-scoring game. Um, I will pick Dallas 23-20. to 20. Uh, I don't, Is that a surprising pick for you? Are, you? are you surprised that I actually picked the Cowboys? No, because I, I, I think that I mean, even when we argue about like how you how you may pick the, the cowboy pick against the Cowboys here or there, like you at least have reasonings, you have good reasonings enough, you know. And I think that this is a tough game because I think that be there's a, it's a pick because there's just, well, there's just a lot of. I mean, not only that, I think it's a tough game to. Um, I think it's a tough game to pick because of like, like I said, there's a lot of unknown factors and. Uh, I think you know Dallas is on a roll and they've got a lot of things going for them, um, but Seattle, you know, is like we talked about a prideful team and you know how they're how mentally much tough they team. Gonna, they're they're, yeah. they're, they're going to be ready in this game. I, I have no doubt that Pete Carroll is going to have them motivated and ready in this game. Yeah. So I, I and I agree because I think that there's no doubt that they that they will come out and give it their all. But I also think that the Cowboys. Have have some uh, momentum going behind them, and it's just tough to quantify all of that and to you know do the calculus here because there's just a lot of things that are unknown. All right, that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We will be back after Christmas to talk about the game. We'll, we'll make sure we pump out some podcasts next week. Uh, you guys can hit me up on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Landon is at McCoolBTB. 
Enjoy the holidays, guys. We will see you next time.